So we are continuing our exploration of the Eightfold Path. Um, and today, up to right mindfulness uh, or wise mindfulness. And I just love looking at this quality of mindfulness now planted so thoroughly in the context of the whole Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path. Here, it's obvious that this quality of bare attention, non-judgmental opening to the moment um, without a need to change or fix anything, um, that this is just one aspect of eight pieces in a, in a path towards freedom, um, that this quality is thoroughly anchored in the understanding of what causes suffering and what relieves suffering, thoroughly anchored in right view, right understanding, right intention, and thoroughly anchored in ethical values and action in the world. Um, um, the, the three qualities we haven't touched on yet, um, right speech, right action, right livelihood. So I feel like I just need to start with a little bit of a digression around the use of the word mindfulness in our culture. Uh, the word has taken off to such an extent in common culture and in particularly in stress management jargon that, that it is useful to consider definitions for me. So this, this world of secular mindfulness uh, that I'm very much a part of, and I don't mean to, to put it down in any way because this, this is, this is a, a, a lot of what I do. Um, and sometimes secular mindfulness gets cut off from this larger context in such a way that it really strips the meaning of this simple bare attention in a way that, that um, uh, reduces it, allows it to, to become this thing that uh, is a very superficial aid for managing the stress without having to deal with um, the choices, really deal with the choices I'm making in my life or <laughs> improving my golf game. Um, I don't play golf, but if I did, uh, or um, uh, helping corporate America get better at making its money without asking the deeper important questions um, about the ethics of, of how we treat each other. So like I said, I really don't mean to demean the secular mindfulness movement in any way. I think there's this tremendous value in meeting people where they are, uh, giving a taste of this in a way that hopefully invites a larger curiosity and I think there's a real obligation of secular mindfulness teachers to broaden the definition 
um, of the word mindfulness that we're pointing at beyond bare attention. Uh, and, and use the word in a way that that larger context of compassionate right action is always an integral part to what we're, we're pointing at um, with the word mindfulness. Especially in, in our culture that is in such desperate need of reminding of the importance of basing our life choices, our cultural choices, our social choices, our government choices in the realm of ethical standards um, um, and values. So in this light, I, I have to say, I mean, who am I to argue with John Kabat-Zinn, but um, the definition that he offers of mindfulness um, I think is inadequate. It's a profoundly beautiful definition in the context of the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path. It, it, it is something I come back to and helps me re, you know, re-meet, re-understand this radical opening that we're invited to in mindfulness. But to use that definition in the secular world um, um, is not broad enough for me. So his definition, the awareness that arises from paying attention on purpose in the present moment and non-judgmentally. That's what we're going to talk about today. Um, um, that's, that's a powerful pointing at this quality that we are not entrained in in our culture and we we need that kind of opening and it's not the definition i use when i teach mindfulness uh in in a larger context um, um, outside of this definition i use uh is present moment wisdom and, and kindness that leads to right action. I heard John Kabat-Zinn once say he, he picked the word mindfulness as a stand-in for the whole of the Dharma, which is all of these teachings. But then he gives it the, the narrow definition um, uh, that, that doesn't include the whole of the Dharma. So I just feel like it's important to name that, um, that, that hopefully connecting our secular use of the word mindfulness with our larger ethics and right actions in the world. I like the way Insight Meditation um, Center of Charlotte, um, they put it this way. Mindfulness is a moment-to-moment -moment awareness that allows for the development of clarity, compassion, and joy, making it possible to live a life of happiness and freedom. We study and practice mindfulness with the intention of integrating wisdom and manifesting compassion in all aspects of our lives. That's, that's that larger definition that I just think we need to keep pointing back to. And for today, 
we are talking about it as one of the eight factors in the eightfold path. We, we know it is grounded in right view, right understanding, right intention, leading to right action. And like I said, this is where I find John Kabat-Zinn's definition so helpful and so beautiful at pointing at this kind of simple, bare attention that, that doesn't judge. There's so much to unpack and to explore and uncover in this very simple opening of bare attention. So I really just want to highlight one aspect today, and that's the aspect of a certain kind of freedom. I almost want to say hidden in plain view. A certain kind of freedom that is an inherent part of mindfulness in this context. context um, when we come to a radically accepting bare attention. This is that quality, that invitation to be with things just as they are without leaning in some direction of how do I fix this? How do I, how do I make myself be better? Um, straighten myself up. Um, um, or leaning in the direction of get rid of um, or aversion in any sort of way. And really at the root, it is a massive act of compassion and understanding that gets this moment is just like it is. And that's not a problem. It's how do I come into a right alignment, a compassionate, wise alignment with this moment that allows an opening up um, that has a different kind of wisdom um, in what and how to move forward or just be with the moment. What's interesting is when we really taste that flavor of freedom offered in this wise kind attention, it's clear that for a lot of our practice, you know, most of us have some moment of getting, wow, I never really got that. I mean, there is some, some sort of self-corrected agenda um, that we often come to with, with mindfulness meditation. Uh, and even people that have been practicing for a long time still have this notion of mindfulness meditation should look like whatever you want to fill that in, should look like calm, should look like peace, should look like my mind is is finally quiet, <laughs> should look like um, I'm having these, these great transcendental um, experiences, um, should look like something other than me in this moment and how I really am right now. I can't tell you how many times I'll hear, I'll lead a meditation and afterwards I'll ask people, 
what their um, their experience of the meditation was. And I hear, oh, I just couldn't do it this time. I was I was too distracted. Um, my mind was too crazy. Uh, um, I I couldn't get there. And and you know this concept of what there is is really in the way of noticing. I mean, I love this definition. This inadequate is not full, but it has a quality that we need to hear. Awareness is learning to keep yourself company. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of beautiful. So I'm having my crazy moment. My mind is really distracted. I'm being offered the space to just be with it. What would it be like if I actually show up and keep myself company without judging myself as uncompanionable and I need to just get away instead? So we tend to bring 10,000 expectations of what practice is supposed to look like and therefore, in essence, 10,000 ways in which we use practice to get, to get caught up in a fight with ourselves. And through all of those expectations and inner arguments, we're really missing the boat of what mindfulness is. Can I just notice what's here right now and be with it with some wisdom and kindness? in a companionable way. So I love the way Dorothy Hunt names this in her poem, uh, Pieces This Moment Without Judgment. Do you think peace requires an end to war or tigers eating only vegetables? Does peace require an absence from your boss, your spouse, yourself? Do you think peace will come some other place than here, some other time than now, in some other heart than yours? Peace is this moment without judgment. That's all. This moment in the heart space where everything that is, is welcome. Peace is this moment without thinking it should be some other way, that you should feel some other thing that your life should unfold according to your plans. Peace is this moment without judgment, this moment in the heart space where everything that is, is welcome. Once we taste this, then there's never a situation that I'm, I'm flawed in a way that I can't be mindful with. I just remember one time when I was um, teaching in the detention center, um, I had a woman who had been in three or four classes with me and she had one of those moments, you know, I led a meditation asked what, what people's experience was about. And she was telling me that she just wasn't able to practice today. She was too busy, too, too distracted with a busy mind. So we started to unpack her expectations of what meditation was supposed to look like. And there was this moment where she suddenly got 
the real radical gift of self-acceptance um, of herself as just fine. Nothing wrong with her for having a busy, distracted mind. And it was this really um, profoundly beautiful moment to watch the relief and sort of awe and joy um, suddenly come to her face as she saw into a possibility of accepting her not as the problem, but really as someone that she could meet her own being um, with compassion and care, perfectly, beautifully flawed, just as she was. Yeah, a lot of work to be done, but a totally new open and opening and how to meet herself in that moment. So this is really the peace that comes when we stop trying to be peaceful. Uh, the calm that begins to open up when we stop trying to be calm. And when we allow this kind of awareness to work with the whole of the Eightfold Path, that's when our life starts to change. So let's pause right there. Let's take a moment to sit. What kinds of expectations do you know you're still subtly at some level or another caring about what your practice should look like about yourself as either a quote-unquote good meditator or bad meditator. If for just a moment you could taste a sense of being just fine whatever shows up in any moment, no matter how messy, it's simply the work to be with. It's simply the part of yourself that's the care. What would that be like for you? Thank you.